I know. Controversial. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is just, you know, something which another adult or person says, will you forgive me? And we're always so eager to say, I forgive you because it makes us feel better, right? When we forgive others. But what is forgiveness? Are we doing it right? Psychologists generally define forgiveness as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person, group, who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserved your forgiveness. And just as important as defining what forgiveness is, though, is understanding what forgiveness is not. Experts who study or teach forgiveness make clear when you forgive, you do not gloss over or deny the seriousness of an offense against you. Forgiveness does not mean forgetting, nor does it mean condoning or excusing the offense. Though forgiveness can help repair a damaged relationship, it doesn't obligate you to reconcile with the person who harmed you or release them from legal accountability. Instead, Forgiveness brings the forgiver peace of mind and frees him or her or they from coercive anger. While there is some debate over whether true forgiveness requires positive feelings towards the offender, experts agree it at least involves letting go of deeply held negative feelings. In this way, it empowers you to reconcile the pain you suffered without letting that pain define you, enabling you to heal and move on with your life. Why practice forgiveness? Why is it so important for us to forgive? I know it's something which is preached about in the secular or non-secular sense, but why practice it? We often think of forgiveness as kind, magnanimous act, an act of mercy or compassion extended to someone who wronged us. Whilst this can be true, research over the past few decades have revealed enormous personal benefits to forgiveness as well. According to this research, here are some of the most compelling ways forgiveness is good for us, our relationships, and our communities. Forgiveness makes us happier. Research suggests not only that happy people are more likely to forgive, but that forgiving others can make people feel happy, especially when they forgive someone to whom they feel close. Forgiveness protects our mental health. People who receive therapy designed to foster forgiveness experience greater improvement in depression, anxiety, and hope than those who don't. Forgiveness may also play a role in preventing suicide. Forgiveness improves our health. When we dwell on grudges, our blood pressure and heart rate spike. Signs of stress which damage the body. When we forgive, our stress levels drop. And people who are more forgiving are protected from the negative health effects of stress. Studies also suggest holding grudges might compromise our immune system, making us less resilient to illness. Forgiveness sustains relationships. When our friends inevitably hurt or disappoint us, holding a grudge makes us less likely to sacrifice or cooperate with them, which undermines feelings of trust and commitment, driving us further apart. Studies suggest forgiveness can stop this downward spiral, repair relationships before it dissolves. 
Forgiveness is good for marriages most of the time. Spouses who are more forgiving and less vindictive are better at resolving conflict effectively in their marriage. A long-term study of newlyweds found more forgiving spouses had stronger, more satisfying relationships. However, when more forgiving spouses were frequently mistreated by their husband or wife, they became less satisfied with their marriages. Perhaps more famously, South Africa's Truth and Reconciliation Commission is widely credited with encouraging forgiveness and reconciliation after the end of apartheid in that country. Archbishop Desmond Tutu, the commission's chairman, has argued forgiveness is the path to true enduring peace. Forgiveness is good for kids and teens. Kids who are more forgiving towards their friends have higher well-being. Forgiveness training can help adolescent girls who are bullies and bullied decrease their anger, aggression, and delinquency, whilst increasing empathy and improving their grades. Forgiveness is good for the workplace. Employees who are more forgiving are also more productive and take fewer days off, partly thanks to reduced stress around their relationships. People who practice self-forgiveness tend to have better physical and mental health. Forgiving ourselves may also improve our relationships. Okay, now that I have you all inspired about forgiveness and we know what forgiveness is, and most importantly, what it is not, how do you create it? Amongst the experts, forgiveness isn't just for the deeply magnanimous among us. It's both a choice and a tangible and trainable skill which almost anyone can learn. Fortunately, research suggests the capacity for forgiveness is an intrinsic part of human nature. Here are some research-based strategies for tapping into that capacity. Whether you're trying to forgive others, forgive yourself, or seek forgiveness from someone else. View forgiveness as something for you not a gift to someone else. In his Nine Steps to Forgiveness program, Fred Luskin emphasized that forgiveness is best seen as something which will bring you peace, closure, and reduce your suffering, a point echoed by Jack Kornfield in a video. Articulate your emotions. If you want to forgive or be forgiven, be willing to express how you're feeling to others and to yourself. Ruminating on negative feelings is both unhealthy and unproductive. This is an important lesson to teach kids as well. Look for the silver lining. This can be a controversial tip, but research suggests after someone hurts you, you can forgive more easily by reflecting on a personal benefits you may have gained through the transgression. Writing about those benefits might be especially helpful. Make an effective apology. If you're seeking forgiveness from others, studies suggest that apologizing will help, but weak apologies might only make things worse. Research Aaron Lazarus has studied apologies for years, concluding that an effective apology has four parts. It acknowledges the offense, offers an explanation for the offense, express remorse or shame, and involves reparation of some kind. Cultivate empathy. When someone has been hurt, they'll be more likely to forgive and less likely to retaliate. If they can sense or imagine the distress or remorse felt by the person who hurt them, 
This might explain why apologies foster forgiveness. Practice mindfulness. Training in mindfulness can help college students become more forgiving, perhaps because awareness of painful feelings is part of the process of forgiveness. More mindful people are also more forgiving of betrayal. Understand that forgiveness is a process. True forgiveness doesn't happen in an instant. Instead, it takes time and energy to achieve and might not come easily. Overcome barriers to forgiveness. Research revealed some common fears and concerns to address if we are resistant to forgiving. Foster a forgiving school. Build a school climate of care and fairness in order to facilitate forgiveness among teachers and staff. Raise forgiving children. Parents can help children learn forgiveness by modeling it themselves and allowing children to move through the process of forgiveness at their own pace. Thank you very much for listening to Inspiring. This is lesson three, forgiveness. The next lesson, four, is on gratitude. Be kind to yourself, others, and don't pollute.